Hello and welcome along to the Southampton Audio Programme for today's FA Cup fixture against Walsall. In today's issue, we have the feature interview, a look over the opposition, but first, a word from your manager. Dear Saints fans, Happy New Year and welcome to St Mary's for the first time in 2024, as we begin our FA Cup journey together against Walsall. I hope you enjoyed the festive season with friends and family, and of course the football. For us, Christmas is a really full-on period with so many games in a short space of time. Because of this, we chose to give everybody Christmas Day off to enjoy some time with their families. To play four games in ten days in the Championship is a really tough ask of any team, so to come through that period with ten points out of twelve is an amazing return and leaves us in a strong position when the league campaign resumes next week. Today, we welcome head coach Matt Sadler and the players and staff and supporters from Warsaw for a different sort of test in the FA Cup. Matt is one of a number of really good people at the club. I spent a very short time as a player with Walsall towards the end of my career and I've been pleased to see them on a really good run of form recently. Winning their last game 6-1 away from home, they'll be coming here feeling confident about what they can do. This is a special competition. Everybody around the world in football knows it. We've all grown up watching it, loving it, remembering the famous finals and the massive upsets along the way. Today, it's up to us to continue everything we've been doing well in the league keep being the team we want to be, and making sure that we're not one of the big stories of the weekend. We made changes for the games against Plymouth and Norwich, and we will do the same again today, but the way the team looks should never be affected, regardless of personnel, as we showed in one of the last two matches. For the first 90 minutes against Plymouth, I thought we were brilliant. The players stayed patient, even when the breakthrough didn't come before half-time. We were quick and aggressive and scored two fantastic goals in the second period. Ultimately, the scoreline and the added time at the end of the game probably didn't reflect how dominant we were for the rest of it, but I think it was a perfect example of what can happen against anyone when you take your foot off the gas, just a fraction. We played well against Norwich, which is never an easy place to go. The away fans were amazing, and the only frustration is we were not two or three goals ahead in the game before they scored from their first threatening moment of the second half. That left the players feeling frustrated in the dressing room, not winning for the first time in five games. But to be 18 unbeaten is incredible at any level, not least in the league as competitive as the Championship. Now we have to keep that run going in another important competition today to keep that momentum building. We march on. New Year, same Sam. After a stellar 2023, Southampton's latest youngest starlet is hoping to grasp more opportunities that come his way in 2024. Almost exactly 12 months ago, Sam Amo Amayor he was an unused substitute in an FA Youth Cup victory over Aston Villa for the under-18s, halfway through his first year as a scholar. A new face in the academy after his move from Tottenham Hotspur in August 2022, the then 16-year-old was blissfully unaware of the meteoric year that lay ahead of him as he sat on the Villa Park bench. It's been really good, he reflects, back in the present day at Staplewood, head of the Emirates FA Cup third round clash with Walsall. Obviously, being with the first team and the under-21s now, I'm just happy and hopefully I can keep pushing and showing what I'm capable of. It's a modest summary from the now 17-year-old who's launched himself into the minds of Southampton fans after a positive end to 2023. His growth last season saw him end the campaign no longer in the under-18s, but as an integral member of the under-21 squad who won the Premier League Division 2 title. A month later, his hard work was rewarded with a senior debut on the final day of the season in a 4-4 draw against Liverpool. 
At 17 years and 25 days, he became the youngest Saints player ever to appear in the Premier League. It was the perfect foundation for Amar Amayor to catch the eye of incoming manager Russell Martin over the summer as he signed his first professional contract and soon found himself as a regular feature in first-team training. I'd hoped to be involved after making my debut. I was always striving to be with the first team for pre-season and hopefully around it for the season, and I feel like that's gone really well, he admitted. To sign my first professional contract as well, it was a dream come true, because as a young kid, that's what you aspire to do, and doing it so soon was really good. Amo Amior, along with a handful of academy stars, impressed enough during the pre-season trip to face Gostepe that he appeared in all five games before the Skybet Championship curtain raiser. Officially given the number 27 shirt, his stock had risen again, no longer an under-21s player, but a prospect amongst the first team that he felt really part of. His first start of the season came away to Gillingham in the Carabao Cup, where he was a bright spark and a disappointing night at Priestfield. I was really pleased to get my first start. The result didn't go our way, but it was a learning experience, and to play against a first team and say that I played 90 minutes is great. Russell Martin was really pleased with me in that game, and that gave me a lot of confidence to keep going uh, when I did get the next opportunity. The tricky winger didn't have to wait long to seize his next chance, as consecutive substitute appearances in the league followed. If supporters were still unaware of the young talent on the books by then, Amo Amior forced his way into their view with conviction beyond his years. I'd probably say that this is my favourite game I've played in this season, he says, recalling his late cameo at St Mary's in the 4-4 draw against Norwich. Introduced at 4-3 down in a thrilling encounter, his bold attacking run led to the late penalty that Adam Armstrong powered home in stoppage time. I can't remember what the score was, but I just know what was needed to get a goal, and I remember Carl Walker-Peters getting the penalty. I was buzzing when it was given. I really enjoyed that game because we needed something and I felt like I bought that spark. Russell's words were just, try to do as much as you can and go forward. Be direct. I felt like I showed that and the fans were on my side as well, which was good. In similar fashion, a week later, away to Plymouth Argyle, he was once more utilised on the bench to conjure something up, causing the corner that led to Shea Adams in a dramatic late winner. After Norwich, I felt really confident. I wanted to come on and make an impact and do as much as I could. So when I got the call, I was really confident in myself. When I won that corner, the away fans were buzzing. So I thought that should give everyone on the pitch confidence for us to go and get a goal. I'd shown what I was capable of. I felt like I did that again in the game. A first start followed at home against QPR in a game with mixed emotions for the youngster. I was really excited to get my first start in the league, especially in front of all the fans. I wouldn't say it was one of my best games, but I was still really pleased to start and I'm thankful to Russell and the staff for giving me that opportunity. It was definitely a learning curve, but one I should be a part of because I spoke to my dad and mum after that game and they were still really happy with me. We looked at the positives and negatives and the negatives are stuff to build on. The positives are still things that I can keep doing and obviously show that to the fans and the coaches. A start to the campaign that exceeded his own expectations put him firmly in the eyes of the national team and his domestic progress was halted following a selection for the Under-17 World Cup in November. When I first got an email, I was buzzing. I think we'd done an interview about two weeks before and I'd spoke about one of the things I wanted to do was get selected for the World Cup. His tournament debut couldn't have gone much better, scoring and earning player of the match in a 10-0 demolition over New Caledonia. I was really pleased with myself and... We showed what we're capable of to the world. 
Another late impact followed as he assisted a stoppage time winner against Iran that helped England qualify from the group alongside Brazil. However, the World Cup journey was halted in a shock defeat against Uzbekistan in the knockout stages. It was still really good experience playing against sides like Brazil and hopefully we can take that into the club football as well and show what we're capable of, he concludes. Back at Staplewood, the youngsters' first team opportunities have fallen victim to the 18-game unbeaten run that Russell Martin's side have forged, but he has returned to the under-21s without fuss. As long as I'm able to do what I love, I don't really care where I'm doing it at this stage. When I came back with the under-21s, I just wanted to show what I could do and prove to myself the first team staff again. Hopefully it all falls into place. It's easy to forget that he still qualifies for the under-18s football at not even 17 and a half years old, but Amo Amayor is embracing every opportunity on the fringes of senior football. Sometimes you don't make the squad, but when you do, you should make the most of it, whether you can come or not. Just watching the game on the bench and being able to take in things that happen is a big part of learning. Even seeing how the players prepare for the game is really important. If 2024 is anything like the previous calendar year, who knows what chances will fall into Ami Amayor's path, but his focus remains clear. Hopefully, if I do make the bench or if I come on, I can again show what I'm capable of, like I did at the start of the season. We've got the FA Cup coming up, so hopefully I'll be able to play a part in that, but I'll just take my chance when I do get it. Speaking to the club media about a New Year's resolution, the youngster couldn't hide his hunger for one ambition, however. To get a goal for the first team? Yeah, that's definitely still on my mind. Especially at home as well, in front of all of the fans. It'd be amazing. A hat-trick of wins has propelled Walsall to within three points of the League 2 playoff places. The Saddlers arrive at St Mary's off the back of a 6-1 away win at Grimsby Town on New Year's Day, while they also defeated promotion-chasing Wrexham in their last game of 2023, following a 2-0 Boxing Day triumph of a crew Alexandra. Walsall, in their fifth successive season in the fourth tier, came from behind to thrash Grimsby and claim their biggest away league victory in almost 76 years. Walsall do have injury issues to contend with, though Osin McEntee has been ruled out for three months with a hamstring issue, while Harry Williams and Jimmy Matt are also struggling. Top scorer Freddie Draper was withdrawn during the first half at Grimsby, while Ryan Sturk, Ross Tierney, Joe Riley and Aramedi Otu have also been sidelined of late. Boss Matt Sadler labelled Walsall's run of four fixtures in nine days over the festive period as a contributing factor to their busy treatment room. It's been recovery and then a game, said Sadler. It's been relentless and uh, that change and spike in their loads have been really affecting us. Inaugural members of Division 2 in 1892, Walsall were once on the precipice of oblivion. They were also linked with a ground share at Neighbours Birmingham City, but eventually left Fellows Park for the new Bescott Stadium in 1990. A concert by the Wonderstuff the following year helped swell the club's coffers. <laughs>